Dynasty Football Factory and the Dynasty Football Network. That's Addison Hayes. That's Jake Anderson. I'm John Hogue. And this is the Super Flexible Podcast. We've got news and impact. Our first Super Flex tiers drop. Listener questions on drafting, trading, and free agency. And Jay Cutler's value sneaks back into the conversation yet again. Let's do this thing. Little news and notes and uh, fantasy impact real quick. Jake, it looks like Chad Henney actually has a chance to take over the starting job in Jacksonville by week one of the regu- of the regular season. I know you have something to say about this. <laughs> I think my hot take from week one, episode one, was uh, not hot enough, apparently. <laughs> and I've, I've seen that it is now Henney's job to lose. So yeah, I, my confirmation is 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 it's close to coming to fruition. I said by week six he will no longer be the starting quarterback, and it hasn't even taken up till week one for that potentially to happen. So it's going just as I suspected, and uh, yeah, we'll see how it shakes out. I don't think Henry is is much of an upgrade to that offense, but I think it's more of what Tom Coughlin wants is more of a game manager and someone that's not going to lose him ball games like uh, I think Bortles would do for that offense. I think we're going to end up talking about Chad Henney quite a bit and his value going forward, um, whether you're doing a startup or uh, he's sitting on waivers. So um, we'll definitely have to come back to that one. Trevor Simeon wins the Denver Broncos starting quarterback job. You guys remember several years ago in the the Giants Patriots Super Bowl when Ahmad Bradshaw kind of stopped at the goal line turned around and fell backwards into the end zone like he just barely even wanted to score yeah that's about how this feels Trevor Simeon taking (laughs) this job he he just kind of fell backwards into it he was just not quite as bad as Paxton Lynch so there's your starting quarterback Broncos fans Jared Goff looks awesome in preseason week two. 16 for 20 and a touchdown. Addison, do we need to start th- talking about Jared Goff as a as a, at least a super flex candidate? Yes. Yes, we do. Um, man, he's he's been looking good. He's been looking like a you know a number one quarterback overall. And people were so quick to jump off of that bandwagon last year, myself included. And, you know, just writing him off, you know, he's another bust, uh, another Jamarcus Russell, blah, blah, blah. Um, But this Sean McVay offense with the weapons that he uh, put around Goff, I mean, they're they're looking pretty good. Cooper Cup's looking good. Jared Everett's looking good. I mean, I've moved him up. I moved him up in my rankings last year, or last week, I mean. And I keep saying last year. I don't know why. We weren't doing this. But... (laughs) I moved him up in my rankings last week. It feels like a year. It feels, I know it does it, already. It feels like we've been yelling at Jake for a year now. <laughs> <laughs> it was only a year ago Cam Newton was quarterback one. <laughs> yeah, I moved I moved Jared Goff up again. So he's actually my, my QB 19 this week. And I've actually been putting out a couple feelers in a couple of my super flex leagues already. And the one of my uh, league mates, who's also one of my best friends, he actually rejected a first-round pick for next year for Jared Goff. Um, so, I mean, Smart it's man. not a typical dynasty league, but I mean, yeah, um, I, I really thought that that was a good move on his part. He's, uh, Goff is his QB three. And so, I mean, 
if that's going to tell you anything about his value right now, uh, it could potentially go even higher than that. So, I mean, if you guys are looking to get Jared Goff, now might be the time to buy before his value really explodes here. And Anquan Bolden retires from the NFL, walks out on the Buffalo Bills. One fewer weapon for Tyrod Taylor. He was already running low on those. I just want to throw a quick uh, shout-out to Anquan Bolden, one of my all-time fantasy favorite fantasy football players. The guy was just a league winner when he was with Arizona and just continued to be solid wherever he went. And uh, so that's that's one that I was hoping would never would never actually walk away from the game. So just uh that's just a personal note. Yeah, I <laughs> this this offseason has just been really bad for the Buffalo Bills offense and just as a team in general and I believe last week I talked about Tyrod and and having worries about him being a starting quarterback next year and it seems like Buffalo they had they were weren't really excited about signing to that extension like I noted, and it seems like they're just they're making sure that he fails. And my my biggest worry about his outlook in the future is he looks so bad uh, this year that he won't get a starting gig next year. And it's it's crazy how a year can change things. You know, Ty Goat is a lot of people would say on Twitter we're big fans of him. Uh, especially as a as a sleeper in in, in superflex and one quarterback leagues, uh, there's definitely some worry now as far as his uh, outlook coming next year and in the future. So we have been wanting to talk for a while now about some some tiers. We want to break up these quarterbacks into two tiers for now, and I mean you can break them down a million times, but let's start with this. What I'm wondering is. For this first tier, I'm looking for QB1s, guys that you would be comfortable with as your QB1. And just hypothetically, because I've seen this happen, um, this kind of happened to me a a couple years ago in a startup where, uh, you know, I had an early first round pick and took a, you know, wide receiver or whatever, and... The next pick is a quarterback and starts a long run on him. And I, when it finally comes back to me, I'm looking at you know some not so great looking options at quarterback. So if you end up in that situation, you end up at the back end of a run on quarterbacks. Get, Jake, give me a, a list of names, some guys that you would be comfortable with as your quarterback one. Um, you know the obvious ones are going to be. Rogers and Luck, but beyond that, how far are you willing to to go down the list of quarterbacks before you insist on taking a guy as your quarterback one? Well, I think that could potentially be two different kinds of answers there. But uh, as far as me feeling comfortable, I think there's my I actually have three tiers within my top seven quarterbacks, and those would be my guys. So it would be Aaron Rodgers, Andrew Luck, Cam Newton. Mariota, Carr, Winston, Russell. Uh, so those are guys I would feel comfortable with as my quarterback one. I'm not saying I would make sure that I have one of those guys in every single league that I do. Um, obviously, if the talent, if there's a big run on quarterback, some talent can drop there, and and you could harvest that in in another way. But uh, those are the guys that I would feel comfortable as my quarterback ones. Not necessarily I'm going to be able to have that be be that fortunate fortunate to have them. Uh, in every in every draft that I do, 
that's honestly that's about where I would be as well. Although mine isn't the same top seven. Uh, mine is Rogers, Luck, Wilson, Mariota, Carr, Breeze, and Brady. Um, but I would like to extend this out a little bit farther to kind of say that I would want, I would be comfortable with a few other guys as my quarterback 1.5. <laughs> so in that scenario, I would prioritize another quarterback kind of in the same tier, um, kind of in this, you know, QB three tier. Um, I would prioritize another one of those and have two QB one and a half, uh, if that makes sense. So to extend that out, that's kind of the, uh, for me, the Matt Ryan, Stafford, Winston, Kirk Cousins, and Cam Newton tier. Uh, as guys that I would be comfortable with as my QB one and a half, one point five. So um, you're you're saying you would take one of those guys as long as you could get another one? Yeah, essentially. So if I was near a turn and I saw that you know four of those guys were available and I have yet to take a quarterback, I I would be all right with you know going back to back on two of those guys, like pairing Ryan with Kirk Cousins or someone like that. Um, if I get one of the guys that, you know, one of my top seven, I'm more comfortable in waiting for a lower end quarterback as my QB two. And I think that's something to be aware of is your draft slot. If you're doing a startup, if you're doing a snake draft, which I know John has mentioned that auction is is much better way to do a startup, especially in my mind, a super flex startup. Yep. Mm-hmm. If you're caught on those turns in a superflex snake draft, you know, oh man, it's it's so hard to know how that draft board's going to fall and when those runs are going to come. And in a normal, you know, one QB league, you can kind of get away with it because you're not worried about having maybe Joe Flacco as your starting quarterback. Uh, but in a superflex or two QB. Oh, that's a scary proposition to be on is, is one of those turn positions. And you, you have to reach a lot of those times and, and grab those quarterbacks because you're not picking for another 24 picks. So uh, something to be aware of if you're on, uh, you know, one of those back ends, one of those uh, turns, uh, make sure you get your quarterbacks early because they're going to go fast and you might not have any options when that gets back to you. All right. So that brings up a question that I think I might've asked you before, but um I am uh, I am curious if the answer has changed at all. You've got pick 1.01 and a super flex startup. Who are you taking? Yeah, I'm taking Odell Beckham, Odell Beckham Jr., as long as it's a PPR league. Really? Okay. Uh, 1.02. <laughs> Beckham's go. <laughs> we're going to really go down me. this? <laughs> yeah, I'm going to take Mike Evans there. Okay. I agree. Uh, uh, 1.03. Probably Antonio Brown. Oh, my God. Uh, I would take David Johnson. Okay. All right, let, let's just skip ahead a little bit. Where Where are you finally <laughs> taking a quarterback? Like, Well, we've had this conversation. I, I think uh-huh. we're, we're trying to get to that 106 spot at least to get that first quarterback. And Addison mentioned it last week. Is, is it's You never know how people rank those quarterbacks. And setting the market is something that Addis and I don't necessarily feel comfortable with. <laughs> and, John, you obviously do. So I know you hate, you hate hearing this. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I think there is a certain level of those skill positions where I would rather take them. Because the thing is, in the first round, I, don't, I feel like I don't have to take a, a quarterback because I'm going to get one of those top seven guys 
uh, coming back to me. At least I'm hoping. And like I said, it doesn't always happen like that, but I would imagine that one of those guys would come back to me because I know like I could get Cam at the next turn because, say, people like Addison has him at quarterback 12. That's my quarterback three coming back to me at the turn. So mm-hmm. um, there's a lot of different uh, evaluations on quarterback. So your draft rankings are, could be completely different than somebody else's. So that's why I'm not taking a quarterback that early. Okay, so so what is your contingency plan if you're at 1.01, you take Beckham, and then there is there's a run on quarterbacks that leaves you looking at guys like Dak Prescott, Carson Wentz, Andy Dalton, Joe Flacco, Eli Manning. Those are the guys that are left for you when it gets back to you. Oh, man, that's a super heavy quarterback yep. <laughs> there. Yep. Jeez. Man. Yeah, I... I I guess it, it can certainly can happen. I haven't seen it happen, but uh, it could. I, boy, I would have to take Dak there, uh, and, ooh, and I'd, probably looking- take, I'd probably have to take Carson Wentz too, just for longevity over over some of those other guys. But mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, it's getting to a point where again, draft boards will fall. Where do I want two good quarterbacks? Yes. Do I want to feel comfortable in that position? Yes. Mm-hmm. I still think you have to have the the ability to not say I have to have this, I have to have that, and see where the value is. And if there's not a lot of difference to me between Dak Prescott and somebody farther down the list, right? So mm-hmm. I don't mind waiting another round because all those quarterbacks win, right? So yep. there might not be as many runs in the next few few rounds because people at least feel like they solidified uh, at least one starting quarterback. If not, some of those teams probably grabbed two of them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, that's the thing. I mean, it pushes some really good players back to you. Yes. Um, I mean, part of the problem is you're ending up with, you know, first-round value at the end of the second round that you probably have to use on – on as trade bait to you know to to beef up the quarterback position right yeah potentially but you could also there's a lot of people in this community that that will go late round quarterback strategy and and as much as i don't like that as much as i don't agree with it as as much as i don't feel comfortable doing that i couldn't say that i would never do it because if a draft board falls that way I've I've seen plenty of people win with two very mediocre quarterbacks in their superflex. So, uh, and again, if it's superflex, that's different than two QB as well. So you don't have to start a quarterback every week, and and even though it's better to, you don't have to do it every single week. So there's I could see a, a, the draft board falling like that, where I would decide to go uh, <laughs> zero kind of quarterback strategy there. What do you think, Addison? Mm, I well, when you get to that point, you know you're you're kind of looking at the players that are still on the board, and you know if if like a guy like Devonte Freeman or you know Michael Thomas, uh, Doug Baldwin, they're still there, kind of in that second, third, um, the turn. I mean, they're they're going to be too appealing for me not to take. Um, I mean, as much as I would say that I would like to have to prioritize one of those quarterbacks remaining, um, it w- I, I would almost bet against the fact that there would be another quarterback run, and I would wait for the 4-5 turn 
and try and get two quarterbacks. Maybe, you know, a guy like Andy Dalton falls uh, and then, you know, get two quarterbacks at the 4-5 turn, get Andy Dalton, get Jerry Goff, and then maybe later get a guy like Sam Bradford or uh, Ryan Tannehill, even if they're falling. Um, so, I mean, at that point, I would, I would bet that there wouldn't be another quarterback run as big, definitely not as big as the one that went on for the first and second round. So, yeah, yeah that would be. Yeah, and I think if you if you get pushed into that position where you have you you see the value there, and you can't say I can't pass up this skill position guy for Carson Wentz in the third round. You just make sure that you load up on some of those back-end quarterbacks. I mean, you're probably going to want to have four, maybe five starters if you can, depending on how long you wait. And you just want options. You want bodies there. And you're hoping that something pans out. But if you can, if you have a much better roster with the skill positions, there's a there's a more likely chance that you can get away with it. Exactly. All right, All right. you guys are kind of you you guys are finally selling me on this. Um, I just so. I did a startup a couple years ago. Superflex was still, you know, really pretty new. Nobody had really developed much of a strategy for this. Everybody just goes in thinking, oh, I can start two quarterbacks, so I need to load up on quarterbacks. And, um, you know, I had I had 1.01, and that's kind of how I felt is, I you know, I, I went into it with the exact same thought process I took uh, I took Aaron Rodgers at 1.01 and watched the rest of the first round in about half of the second round go nothing but quarterbacks. And I wake up with a cold in a cold sweat in panic just thinking about that draft, reliving that draft. It's just this perpetual nightmare of mine. And that's kind of where you know, I'm not afraid to set the market because I just I, I refuse to be stuck in that position again. You know, to, feeling like I just missed out on all the on all the quarterbacks um, because you know if if I had taken a receiver or running back there, and uh, so that's that's kind of where my whole philosophy has been coming from. But um, you guys are making some very valid points here and you might actually be changing my mind on this a little bit. So don't get used to it, savor it, but it's, uh, (laughs) I think you might, you might be, uh, showing me the light on this one. It's all friendship and rainbows guys. Uh, here we go again. (laughs) Just going to agree on everything. Give me something to yell at you about. I know we're just going to agree on everything for the entire episode and then yell at each other over Twitter for an entire week. (laughs) <laughs> I, I have one more thing i would like to point out that if you find yourself in that position don't be afraid to take the position players over the quarterbacks and bet against um there being another significant quarterback run before your next picks another thing that you can do if you wind up getting you know if you start your draft with three elite players um you can always you know drop a tier in one of those positions and pick up another you know kind of mediocre-ish quarterback. So imagine um, if you had if you managed to get Devontae Freeman at the end of the second round, right? Would you be all right with dropping a tier per se, going from Devontae Freeman to maybe a Todd Gurley or a Isaiah Crowell kind of type and picking up, you know, in that deal, Joe Flacco? You know, somebody maybe has excess quarterbacks and they'd be willing to make that deal because that'll push them over the edge to contending. Yeah. 
Or do you even have to make that move? You know, is there that much of a difference between Joe Flacco and Deshaun Watson? I mean, it, other than the obvious difference that one starts and one doesn't, but that's right now. We're talking about right. Dynasty League where, yeah, you might not you might not even have to make that move. You might just load up on those other on those other positions, and then while everybody else is trying to catch up there, then you finally start picking up the the scraps at quarterback, and you know you get enough of them. You, you know you're bound to hit at some point. Yeah, and yeah I think exactly. it it also depends. And I think sometimes I get caught up with not thinking about this, but it depends with the kind of people you're playing with and the experience level they have in these type of formats. <laughs> you know, you, you know, I know some of us play with some some heavy hitters and, and a lot of guys that know their stuff and, and have a defined strategy. There's also plenty of guys, and, and all of us have home leagues too, where you get at least a few guys that might not really know their stuff that well. So... Um, you got to know who you can target and who your audience is and, and maybe some of the possible trade partners are. And I think that depends on maybe your strategy as well. It might be, it might be a lot easier to make a trade in maybe a home league for a quarterback than if you're playing with some guys that, you know, are in the industry or or just know their stuff. Yeah. And we've got a few trades to talk about, uh, that some of our listeners have, have gone through um that we're going to get to in a few minutes too so um plenty of uh plenty of of trade talk today so that'll that should be pretty useful as well but i want to get to the second tier of quarterbacks from each of you guys and uh, we'll start with you again jake for this second tier we're looking for guys that you would be comfortable with as your super flex Again, this this is yeah, this isn't a perfect world <laughs> that I feel comfortable with these guys. And we just got done saying, you know, like uh, there's other strategies to have, and and this is just kind of a comfort zone and a blanket statement on these guys. And like I said, with the first with the first tier that we talked about, the guys I feel comfortable. That was three different tiers for me as far as quarterback talent, uh, as far as my dynasty rankings go for super flex leagues. Uh, this next group would be two tiers, and it would be uh, Matt Ryan, Matthew Stafford, Drew Brees, Tom Brady, Kirk Cousins, Dak Prescott, Philip Rivers, Ben Roethlisberger, and Carson Wentz. And then there'd be another tier break. So one of those guys would, where I would feel comfortable in a perfect world, uh, you know, right in my comfort zone. That that'd be a that'd be kind of where I'd be looking for my quarterback too. So these are these are guys though that you would be willing to reach for to make sure that you end up with one. Yeah, these guys I feel more comfortable with here. Uh, if I fall out of that, and then you know, if, if there's a couple heavy runs and I haven't even got a quarterback yet, uh, I don't know if I'm reaching for that next group, that next tier. You know, that's where I see uh, more of a plateau in the tiers, and there's less tiers there, so it's more of a, just a cluster of guys that are you know starting quarterbacks that I don't really love, and that's where I, you know, if if I if I need to wait, I'll just wait if if one of those guys in that second tier aren't there. But I'm willing to maybe reach a little bit on one of those guys. Where's uh, where's your tier break at, Addison? Actually about the same. So like I said before, my you know, my QB one and a half, the extra tier would be it's the Ryan Stafford Winston Cousins and Cam tier. 
um, all of which I would be totally comfortable with as my QB2 if the draft board allows it. Um, but to continue on through, um, let's assume I get, you know, a quarterback one that I'm comfortable with. Um, the next tier that I would I would have as my QB2s would be Dak, Phillip Rivers, Carson Wentz, and Andy Dalton. I'm for sure very happy with them as my quarterback two. Um, you can extend that out to Big Ben and potentially maybe Tyrod Taylor, depending on what happens with that situation. Um, but with those two guys, with Ben and Tyrod, I'm, I'm a little bit, I'm a lot more nervous uh, in their dynasty value than I would be with the other aforementioned guys. So what's, as far as your your super flex, particularly looking for a quarterback there, what's your worst case scenario, Addison? My worst case, so you mean like if I seriously had to start a guy over any other of my positional players? Yeah. Yeah. It, like what's, who's who's the the last quarterback that you would start over a, a high-end wide receiver? Jay Cutler. And he's at my 29 right now. Um, so that would include basically the rest of the starting quarterbacks. Um, you might, I might throw Simeon in there, maybe. It would have to depend on matchup. Um, but Jay Cutler is currently my QB 29. Um, so that would be, I could extend it all the way down to there as my, you know, my emergency parachute QB two. Yeah, I, I think, that's, I think, that's well, I think <laughs> a lot of these questions are difficult to answer, right? Because we're trying to cover them just generally, but there's so many different variables that come into play with these questions. And if you're looking at the end of the year, all these quarterbacks, all these low-end starting quarterbacks are going to well outproduce anybody outside the top five at their skill, skill positions. But again, like Addison said, it's going to come down to weekly matchups because if a, if one of those quarterbacks, say Alex Smith or Jay Cutler, has a tough defense to go up against, and that you know one of your higher-end skill position guys has a good matchup, then you're willing to roll the dice there. And again, if you're going into a, a strategy or just you kind of go into that draft and, and the draft board falls to you where you're not getting those quarterbacks to fall to you the way you want them to, you're going to have to maybe have some weeks there where you start some skill positions over some quarterbacks. That's not ideal. Uh, but again, you, you you can do it. It is a super flex where you have the option and it's not, it's not like a two QB, two QB league where you, have to start two quarterbacks every week we've got listener questions yet again and we've got actually a couple uh, addressing the uh the the second quarterback super flex type position so we'll get to that in just a second but real quick we're just we're so proud to be brought to you by the dynasty football factory and the dynasty football network check out the other great podcasts from the df network the fantasy football fellas the Dynasty War Zone, the IDP Edge Crushers, and the Devi Watch Podcast. This is just such a great stable of podcasts and all the content you could possibly you could possibly need to prepare for your draft and prepare for the upcoming season and even more yet to come. So keep an eye out for that. We're also proud to be sponsored by the Fantasy Footballers Draft Kit. If you're not ready for your fantasy draft, all you need is access to the Fantasy Footballers Draft Kit. Rankings, projections, profiles, sleepers, breakouts and busts, cheat sheets. 
tier breakdowns, consistency charts, and Matt Harmon's reception perception. It's the number one draft kit for the 2017 fantasy football season, so prepare for DFS, prepare for your redraft leagues, and unlike the other draft guides, this draft kit updates constantly, so you have all the latest information. Go to FantasyFootballers.com and use the promo code FACTORY to get the same advantage that the Dynasty Football Factory Army uses. The Fantasy Footballers Draft Kit. The path to a fantasy football title begins here. On to some listener questions. Real quick, thank you to all of the listeners who hit us up on Twitter and email and uh, just just reached out with some feedback and some some very specific questions. I'm going to start with Matt Phillips on Twitter. He asked us, who is your, fa- your favorite second quarterback in a Superflex? Mine used to be Tyrod, but now I'm worried about him. Thanks. So let's start with you, Addison. Who are some, who, in a perfect world, who are you putting at your Superflex? Uh, Andrew Luck, <laughs> assuming I have Aaron <laughs> Rodgers as my one. <laughs> you said in a perfect world, so. Yeah. <laughs> you would do that? You'd go first round Rodgers, second round Luck? Sure, why not? Okay, I like you it. You could try it, I don't know. I like All right, it. But um, Stafford, Stafford is my main guy. Um, he's the guy I'm always targeting as my QB2, regardless of who my QB1 is. Um, I believe he offers massive upside um could be qb5 um this year or any other year despite the loss of calvin johnson um he was in fact on par with what matt ryan was doing last year until uh he had a bad stretch of games there um with matchups and stuff and then he broke his finger um but stafford is the guy that i love i think he is a poor man's drew Brees, and so in a perfect world if I'm not getting Andrew Luck, <laughs> I'm getting Matthew Stafford. There you go. All right, Jake, uh, favorite second quarterback in a super flex? I feel like I always wind up with Phillip Rivers. He's Ooh. just a steady, steady, you know, middle of the pack. You always can get him later than what his statistics come out at the end of the year. And that's just a guy that I seem to always, always come out with is Phillip Rivers is – he has got that high-end volume. Yes, he's getting a little bit up there in age, but uh, I still think he has a few years left in him. And, uh, you know, that's a that's an offense that likes to throw a lot too. So uh, he's a guy that I end up with a lot. I like that one a lot. Um, I mean, I like Stafford as a quarterback too. Rivers is actually a guy that I'd personally be comfortable with as a QB1. I mean, I, you know, I'd immediately want to turn around and take my second guy and get someone like a Ben Roethlisberger um, somebody in that range, even Stafford, but uh, that's that's a guy I wouldn't I I wouldn't be afraid to go to battle with him as my QB one personally. All right, Steve Florence writes to us and says on Twitter and says I have Breeze, Brady, and Dalton in my Superflex startup. What type of wide receiver slash running back should I be able to get for any of them? Need running back most. One possible. One trade proposal that he got, the one that he felt the best about so far, was either Dalvin Cook or Melvin Gordon and A.J. Green or Kelvin Benjamin. I assume that he gets to decide between those two duos for Tom Brady and Terrell Pryor. Do it, Don. I don't even care. I mean, 
<laughs> I don't, first of all, I don't understand how AJ and or Calvin is part of that question. <laughs> yeah. They're so far apart in value, but right. uh, as far as Cook or Gordon, uh, I have them pretty closely rated, and obviously Gordon has shown more. And you can kind of pencil them in for the kind of volume that you'd like to see at least this year. Uh, even though I think Cook's steam is is uh, is building quickly. And uh, but yeah, uh, you have three quarterbacks there, and again, you guys know how I feel about aging quarterbacks in in dynasty superflex leagues. I would smash accept that every day of the week. AJ, <laughs> <laughs> I'm with you, Jake. Yeah, it's got to be a landslide if if uh, if Addison over here is willing to send Tom Brady off. The harder part for me is Terrell Pryor, actually. But, I mean, if you're getting A.J. Green back and you're getting a running back one, I don't know how you don't do it. Yeah, I like Terrell Pryor, too, but it's just I don't I don't mind giving that up in that deal. In terms of if you're trading them, you know, one for one, um, DFF, some of the guys here at DFF, myself included, we just finished a Superflex mock draft. Um, so to give you a little bit of insight into that, Tom Brady was taken at 409. And that was two spots behind Pryor, uh, three behind Keenan Allen, and four behind Sammy Watkins. And that was just ahead of Isaiah Crowell and Stephon Diggs. And I then took Drew Brees at 507, which was behind Sneed and Jordan Reed, and in front of Jarvis Landry, Derrick Henry, and Greg Olson, and Ty Montgomery. So that gives you a little insight into the players going around these uh, quarterbacks in startup drafts. Um, I mean, that can certainly help you gauge trade value as well. So those are the type of guys that you could get straight up for Tom Brady, essentially. Because that essentially that feels light to me, you know, in a super flex. I mean, I I know that there's no guarantee that you're getting Tom Brady beyond this year, and you know you value as the the Breeze and Dalton owner, you value Tom Brady a little less than than some of the other teams. But, I mean, that's the benefit of loading up on these quarterbacks and being able to use them as trade bait is you're the one with the leverage, you know? At, at least, I don't know, that's my that's that's how I kind of view it. I mean, do you guys, do you guys disagree with that? He used his leverage. Did you just see the trade he got for Brady yeah. and Pryor? No. This, well, <laughs> yeah. But, I mean, uh, right now we're talking about he's getting two first-round talents in return for right. Brady and Pryor, where it, rather than trying to trade Brady straight up for a guy like, you know, Stephon Diggs or Isaiah Crowell, um, it, it just it feels like ADP goes out the window a little bit at that point because – you know, is the the Brady owner just has a little bit more leverage than that. Well, well, and that and that's what can happen if you get a quarterback desperate team. I mean, yeah, right? and, and and we'll we'll talk about the we'll revisit the Cutler talk again. But that's <laughs> that's why you know starting quarterback. And here's here's another thing about you know getting Cutler and 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 Fab is that might allow you. Let's say let's say like like I've I've mentioned. Even if I don't need Jay Cutler, I'm going to go get him, right? Mm-hmm. That might allow me. Let's say Cutler's my quarterback four, right? This might allow me to trade my quarterback two and get an 
absolute haul for him, and I'm still sitting okay at quarterback, at least for this upcoming season. And I can worry about maybe, you know, if Cutler retires, then I'll have to get another quarterback uh, three. So I think that's even more reason to say, yeah, Jay Cutler, I don't, if unless I'm absolutely desperate, I'm not going to get him. But that could set you up to trade one of your quarterback ones or quarterback twos for an absolute haul because the quarterback position is the cheapest in your startup drafts. That's the cheapest that quarterback will ever be. Mm-hmm. So if you take, you know, Cam Newton in the in the third or fourth round, you could get an absolute haul. You could get you could get a skill position that was taken in the first round for him if you get the right team that is in need of a quarterback. So uh, that just goes back to my my reasoning, my logic about stack up on quarterbacks and if they're available on the waiver wire you got to pick them up i think it goes back to our hatred of zero quarterback as well because it could put you in that spot that you're gonna have to pay that sure yep yeah absolutely and that's that's exactly how i feel about it i think we're all on the same page there right yeah so this trade obviously steve take this trade gordon and aj green for brady and Pryor. um one one thing that i would still advocate for is still trying to get that 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 quarterback as a throw in some young guy that you're not going to need this year because you've got you've already got the quarterback and super flex position covered but so in this particular trade though Gordon and AJ Green for Brady and Pryor do you guys feel like that is an above normal type of uh type of return that you're going to get for a guy like brady or is that something that you should reasonably expect if you went through the went to the trouble of drafting breeze brady and dalton do you feel like the return should be something like that i think that's that's shooting for the moon but um it's 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 in the range of outcomes like obviously he has that offer on the table (laughs) i don't think you can expect to get that kind of return but it's it certainly can happen and and i've seen some crazy trades go down in superflex league so and not every not every team and we've talked about it some teams would rather tank than be desperate for quarterback and give up commodities not all of them will some of them a lot of people want to compete not not everyone has the patience to tank and do a complete rebuild and, you know, build through youth and, and go through that kind of productive struggle type of mentality and strategy. So, uh, it's someone is going to be bound and and determined to get, uh, an upgrade at the quarterbacks. And it's, and here's another thing I've seen a lot of people that last year, their quarterback situation may have seemed fine, you know, and now this year I've seen plenty of guys that had Tannehill, Tyrod, and somebody else, you Bortles. know, and Bortles, yeah, yep. that's their three quarterbacks. And now, how are they feeling now? Right. So, if you're a guy that's sitting on four starting decent starting quarterbacks, I mean, <laughs> that situation, they might not even have a chance, no matter what. But I guarantee they're going to be looking for something. I even made the comment, you know, you replace Brady with uh, Marcus Mariota, Derek Carr, even maybe Russell Wilson. I mean, with Breeze and Dalton as your one and two, I would be—I would still probably do that trade if it was Mariota, Carr, or Wilson, or any really anybody else except probably Rogers or or Andrew Luck. Yeah. Um, 
So, I mean, that that's what I'm saying. is that That's a kind of haul for Brady um, to a QB needy team. Um, yeah. I mean, you shouldn't expect that kind of stuff, but... Yeah, like Jake said, it, it certainly can happen. Yo, and that's a good point. I mean, you, you, not, I would say most people that have a level head on their shoulders like me uh-huh. <laughs> would, would have Mariota, Winston, you know, like those young quarterbacks ahead of Brady, right? Right. I would say normally those guys are more valuable in dynasty superflex leagues than maybe uh, the Addison has them ranked. So imagine if that's what you can get from Tom Brady. Imagine what you can get for a Winston or a Mariota or Derek Carr in a dynasty super flex league. So that might be turn that trade into, you know, something you could actually get. Right. I mean, I don't think you're normally getting that for Tom Brady, but you could certainly get something like that for a, a Marcus Mariota if you're deep at quarterback. Man, we could talk about that one forever, but I think we need <laughs> to move on to the next question. David Brown on Twitter asks simply what is the trade value of trevor simeon uh, i got an answer for you john okay because guess what trade just will process in that red list uh, dra- uh league that i was talking about earlier what's that trevor simeon yeah trevor simeon went for two 18 thirds yep that sounds about right so i uh, mean somewhere in low. there that, that feels might be low. a little might be a little low but i mean do you see Simeon being there more than this year? I mean, I think that's the same kind of deal you're going to get for Brian Hoyer, you know, something like that, where this is his one year. And I think you're going to get more, a decent amount more than that with Cutler just because he has a higher upside for this year and he could potentially play next year as well. Yeah. Well, I mean, I guess part of it is I, I don't I, I don't really see the answer beyond Trevor Simeon. You know, that yes, now you do. Yes, you do. <laughs> I would love to see it be Chad Kelly, but I mean, we're just going <laughs> to go next year, baby. <laughs> so next year, we're just going to go through this all over again. And by then, Trevor Simeon has, is going to have two full years as the starting quarterback. He's already earned the trust of, of all the veterans in that locker room. And he's, you know, he's only going to solidify that. Uh, it's, it's, yeah, there's a chance. There's it, a chance. It gets tougher and tougher each year to take him out of that role. So, but also that guy that sold Simeon, he went super like zero quarterback, I believe, if I want to go off the top of my head. He has like a lot of quarterbacks, but like no quarterbacks that you want. <laughs> and he's he's decided that he's going to basically rebuild. So he has like three first rounders already. And I think he was just like, oh, Simeon's one of those quarterbacks that I have a bunch of already. Yeah. So I think you, he probably got sold a little bit low, but it was also he could certainly afford to do it just because he had so many and and he was kind of in that blah blah zone of of quarterbacks that he had on his roster and just kind of stockpiling draft picks at this point. Going back to this uh, this mock draft, Simeon was taken at the end of the fifteenth round. Um, he was taken right behind Rico Gathers, James Connor, Mike Wallace, Jonathan Williams, and Taewon Taylor. And in front of Jeremy Hill, Brian Hoyer, Juju, uh, Jason Witten, and Antonio Gates. So that right there puts you in at least a third-round pick. So I, I think you'd be, two, I, uh, you'd be thrilled to get any one of those guys in the third round of a rookie draft. I don't know. I, I don't know what the future holds for Trevor Simeon, but it seems like one 
or two thirds seems to be the the going rate. Anyways, next question: Stuart Davis of the DFF Army in a super flex. Yeah, in a super flex auction draft, which cheaper quarterbacks are you targeting, and at what cost? Got two hundred dollar budget. I think I would honestly. I might be targeting some of those rookies and golf. Definitely golf. Ooh. Yep. Some of those younger guys that haven't necessarily proven anything that could skyrocket this time next year. Like, I know I wish I would have gotten some more shares of Trubisky because that's my guy. And now all of a sudden, I think even seeing just this preseason, his stock is starting to inflate. But um, I still think you could get him relatively cheap in a dynasty startup auction at this point. So just because there's so many quarterbacks that are known and you know that they're going to start. So those guys might go over him. But I think that you look at the rookies, you look at Pat Mahomes, you look at Deshaun Watson, you look at Kaiser, uh, even though I don't maybe love a couple of those guys as much as a lot of people. But um, I think those guys would probably be where I'd be looking at as cheap. And then maybe a guy like you, that, that you like John a lot, maybe a Sam Bradford going super cheap in a, in a startup. I was just thinking Sam Bradford. And if you're going to do that, also you know throw a couple bucks on uh, Teddy Bridgewater as well. And yes, you've got yes. You've, I got him. I got him for a dollar. Yep. In a in a early in that same red list league that we were talking about, I got him for a dollar. Yeah, I, I mean, there's obviously there's a risk there. The guy's leg almost fell off, but man, but there's breaking a, there's news, a huge lot of breaking hey, news. There's, there's words. Yes, might sir. be cleared, cleared to practice. This, so this could become a thing even faster than we thought. I hope, I hope, I hope not. Kind of, just because I'd, I'd hate to see him take a setback after all the work that he's done. Right. And I'm a believer in Teddy, and I know he hasn't put up a ton of production as a fantasy quarterback. But uh, man, this time next year, you could certainly see him having quite a bit of value in a superflex league. Yeah, and this is a this is man. It's a it's a winnable division for the Minnesota Vikings. I, I truly believe that. I know the Packers, the defense is coming along, and they still have Aaron Rodgers. But you know what? This is this is a division that they should have won last year, and they could definitely win this year. And as long as Sam Bradford has you on course, I don't know how you take him off the field. But they they need to make a decision on Teddy Bridgewater. So, man, that's people just forget how good Bridgewater was before the injury he was developing and and last preseason before he got hurt he was looking really good i know it's preseason but he was he was incrementally getting better every every game that he really played and uh yeah it was just such a unfortunate day as a vikings fan you know seeing that video seeing him go down and and just hearing about the severity of that injury but man it He's got to be one of the most likable players in this league. I mean, if you ever listen to him talk or or some of the quotes he has on Twitter and just a very inspirational, hardworking, humble guy that you don't really see that much in, in quarterbacks in the NFL these days. Yep. For fantasy purposes, I love Bridgewater's a lotto ticket. I mean, it's the exact same situation for the most part as all these first-round rookies. But you're probably getting him cheaper, and he already has a proven Way track cheaper. record. He he's got proven track record in the NFL. So yeah, uh, that's that's one of my favorites that you can get really cheap. You just have to be able to wait. But that's I mean that's going to be the key with all of these quote unquote cheaper quarterbacks. 
you know you're you're yeah. really kind of looking for lotto tickets i like Tannehill as well Oof. as a cheaper guy yeah. <laughs> I'm just saying. I think he keeps that job. No, but honestly, Addison has a point. I mean, if you can get yeah. him for like nothing right now and just uh, yeah, smash him, yeah, because people, people, people don't want to be patient. And part of being successful in dynasty leagues is having some patience and seeing things farther than this year, right? Mm-hmm. So uh, people seem to have patience with rookies, but when it comes to vets like that, there's no patience left. So I don't mind buying him if you're getting him for, for nothing. I just, right. it's not, I'm just not a big fan of him, but that's, that's actually probably not a bad way to go is just you know stick a couple bucks on Tannehill and, and put them on your IR. Right, exactly. how, many, how many times do rosters not actually use any of their IR spots? Yep. Right. That's a that's a free spot. It's like a taxi squad spot, right? Yep. So before I forget, I just wanted to throw out uh, the good work that our that the DFF network uh, is doing for ADP. Right. We're doing we're doing a lot of uh, uh, startup drafts. We're doing rookie ADP. We're doing we're starting in superflex ADP. So if you guys ever want to join one of those, any of our listeners. Uh, get a hold of uh, Michael Sipes uh, at FF Blitz, and he can hook you up and get you into uh, <clears throat> a mock draft and uh, just help with our ADP. And that's certainly going to be beneficial for our podcast, right? So I know getting Superflex uh, ADP is not the easiest thing in the world. So uh, please feel free to do that. Uh, another guy you could uh, certainly get a hold of is, is Stephen Fuller. Uh, he's at F-U-L-S-T underscore R-O-S-T-O. So get a hold of one of those guys and try to join some of our, our mock drafts and, and help us collect some more recent ADP. All right. Uh, next question from a tweet has no name on Twitter. Um, that's that's fun. Any I love it. Do you, even, do you get that reference? Yeah. Please tell me you do. Okay. All right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, any strategies for trading for quarterbacks? We've talked about trading away some quarterbacks and what you can what you can expect to get back for, you know, Trevor Simeon, Tom Brady. But you're the now let's let's put ourselves in the position of having all those quarterbacks and being in a position to try and trade some, one or two of them away. Um, what are uh, what are your, some of your strategies? I think we I think you have to look at guys that haven't done anything. I think we we already kind of talked about it. It's the same kind of philosophy with with trying to get some guys for for low money and and startup auctions. Is you want some guys that are maybe unproven, you know, uh, or some people that aren't sexy, some people that stock is low right now. Those are the guys that you want to acquire because any of these proven guys, we've seen those trades that go down for these proven guys that that are good quarterbacks. So I think you have to go lower on the roster generally. Or, you know, maybe maybe you do see if that Tom Brady or Drew Brees owner is as low on lower on them as, as maybe I am, because you never know. They they might feel like they might start to worry and get in that panic mode. And that might be something you can sell them on is like, listen, Tom Brady's probably got one year left. You know, try to get him to sell him at that point. Or, you know, Ben Roethlisberger, he's there's been talk about him retiring. So you got to you got to go at it with something that you can go you know, kind of convince them about trying to trade one of their quarterbacks. So if you're trying to go for one of those guys, I'd probably go older, you know, Rivers, Roethlisberger, Brady Breeze, 
just because maybe you can sell them on that. Otherwise, I'd probably be going lower, maybe rookies and uh, bottom of the barrel starting quarterbacks and just go from there. Right. Also, uh, <laughs> Jake, you'll like this, but target target the quarterbacks who are victims of recency bias. Uh, yes. Your, your yes. boy Cam Newton. Yes, go get Cam. <laughs> yeah. I may have him at 12, but, I mean, I'm totally fine with him as a, a quarterback on my team in Superflex, and he's getting to the point now where he's – becoming a major value for the the ceiling that he offers um so if you can you know be like you just use everything that i've said is the reason why he's the court he's my qb12 you know they're not rushing anymore uh he doesn't have weapons blah 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 uh use that to your advantage like jake said with using it for the old guys that's what i hear every time madison talks yeah exactly (laughs) blah 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 (laughs) Oh, that's too but, good. Oh, but, but we're not doing a face-off tonight, so I just got to get this out of the way. So week one, John gives us a tie in our face-off because he has Cam Newton. He has a average rank position of 7.5 right in the middle of us, right? Correct. Baloney, by the way, which, which we'll get to. And then last week, I convinced Addison that his rankings suck and get him to change him live on the podcast, and John somehow gives him the win. Correct. Which which I, that needs to go through appeals, too. Uh, but we come to find out John just released his, his quarterback rankings, and lo and behold, Cam Newton's in at four overall. So, Addison, you have that scoreboard handy. Can you just uh, notch, me, notch me up that win in week one? Because... If not, I'm gonna I'm gonna take big issues. I'm gonna hold you hold you accountable for that, John. <laughs> hey, rankings are a fluid thing, man. He he was legitimately at seven point five two weeks ago, and <laughs> he's climbed up to four. We we've seen oh, the uh, the emergence on. of an because absolute... I talked you into it. Yeah, you, you're, you're, you're very is. persuasive, but that's Even not the game. Reason. The the oh, game is being right. These games are so bad and flawed. <laughs> I know who our first guest is. We're bringing on LJ because it's a crime that John has Russell Wilson at QB7. Uh, yeah, LJ Cheney of the DFF Network, uh, host of the Devi Watch podcast. Jake and, has him at 7 uh, as well. I am at 7 oh too. And, and such a total Seattle Seahawks <laughs> homer. There's no way we could have him on this podcast because we can't have an honest discussion about who <laughs> Russell Wells, Wilson is with him. We it, it's it's just not even possible. We can't mention the fact that his offensive line is horrible and just got even worse. He just got worse. Just lost his left tackle, and we can't talk about the fact that his his weapons aren't anything special. I mean beyond Doug Baldwin and maybe Jimmy Graham if he ever gets healthy. Maybe Jimmy Gra- Oh, my God. We can't, we, we can't talk. <laughs> Listen, <laughs> Wilson, Wilson finished his quarterback 11 last year, and, oh. yeah, he had a couple threes in there, but he also had an eight and nine. I mean, I like him as a player, but sometimes yep. you got to face the facts a little bit about guys, and, and I, I've owned him. And trust me, I actually, in a one QB league, my, my favorite hometown dynasty league, I traded more than I should have for Marcus Mariota, and I had Russell Wilson, but my intention was like, I'm going to trade for Marcus Mariota, and then I'm going to get a good piece for Russell Wilson. I haven't been able to get anything for Russell Wilson. So recency there's bias. This recency bias. He, he, 
quarterback seven isn't that bad. I mean, he hasn't put up Cam Newton kind kind of numbers here, Addison. So let's be realistic here. Uh, I like him as a player, but I think quarterback six, seven, right around there, I think that's completely fair. Yeah, I mean, be happy with the fact that you've got a quarterback in Seattle who can win you the Super Bowl. You've got a great NFL starting quarterback, but for fantasy football purposes, no, no, thank you. He hasn't. We've seen his ceiling. We've seen Cam Newton's ceiling, and there is a huge discrepancy between the two. And one and three, they're they're essentially the same quarterbacks, except Russell Wilson can throw. But no, they one, are not. One and three. That's. I mean. That that tells you a lot right there. But also, so you're saying we've seen oh, the ceilings yeah. of Antonio Brown and Odell Beckham Jr. Because OBJ what about has what about what won. about what about Cam Newton not wanting to run or the coaching staff not wanting him oh to run? Gosh. Look at Russell Wilson's fall off from where he was when he was actually running a lot and actually get putting up a ton of statistics there because he was hurt. Yeah, but this also seems like it's part of their offense too, is they don't want him to run as much. Oh my goodness! It's definitely to bring this around full fantasy circle. value. Oh yeah, but Cam's fantasy value revolves way more around the running game than Russell Wilson's. He finishes quarterback three in 2014, quarterback three in 2015. In 2014, he had 118 carries for 849 yards and six touchdowns. Mm-hmm. Okay, which is never going to happen ever again. You yep. could say the same then, about Cam. Oh really? Yeah, <laughs> Russell Wilson is not a specimen like Cam Newton is a specimen. No, he's not. But oh, and then and then 2015, he had 103 attempts for 553 yards and one rushing touchdown. Who was the quarterback one that year? 2015. That was that was Cam, right? That was Cam. Yeah. Oh my God. And what was what was the difference in their stats? I should really just pull these up instead of just asking you guys, but. Russell Wilson had just over 4,000 yards passing. He had 34 passing touchdowns, eight interceptions. And like I said, he had 550 rushing yards and one rushing touchdown. Yeah. Cam Newton in 2015 had uh, th- just over 3,800 rushing yard or passing yards, 35 touchdowns. So, yeah, he can't. Never happen again. Yeah, he can't throw touchdowns, right? And then he had 132 attempts for 636 yards and 10 touchdowns rushing. There's the yeah. difference right there. He scored nine more touchdowns on the on He's the their red zone back. What do you expect? <laughs> Hold on. What was their fantasy Yeah, Russell Wilson doesn't score rushing touchdowns because he's not their goal line back. If Russell Wilson had 10 touchdowns that year, he would have been the QB1. Yeah, that would never happen. It That's the problem. Will never happen again for Cam. But if he if he had ten rushing if he had ten rushing touchdowns, he wouldn't have had nearly as many passing touchdowns. It's exactly. one or the other with that guy. That's the problem. Cam does both. LJ. See, I got John on my side now. This is <laughs> LJ. Good. Yes, eight on Addison. So eight essentially, Addison. Hold on. To bring this around full circle, mm-hmm. does is Russell Wilson a QB buy, recency bias? At quarterback seven, I don't know if he I, he's is. right where well, he needs to be at seven. I, that, I don't think that's a. I don't think that's a discount. I think that's his value. Yeah, that's no, right but where I mean, he belongs. If, I mean, these are dynasty rankings. This is based right. on where I think he's going to be now and going forward. And that's that's right where he belongs to me. But Jake said he couldn't get anything for him. Does that mean you know you can shoot him a very low ball offer? You know, offer listen, him? I'm talking in one league where I own Russell Wilson. I right. can't I can't speak for everything, but 
there's something to be said that I, that's a 14 team league. Not every not every team. I know it's a one QB league, but not every team has a decent like a rock solid starting quarterback. So you'd imagine I'd be able to get something for him. I couldn't get in a Debbie depleted rookie draft. I couldn't get a first round pick for him. A Debbie depleted like not that many good players coming into the rookie class. I couldn't get a first round pick for him. Two more questions or two more two more things that I do want to mention. This the first one from Joshua Johnson, who also is part of the DFF Army and host of the Edge Crushers IDP podcast. How did I do on this pre draft trade? Got Andy Dalton in return for Spencer Ware, pick three point oh nine, which ultimately was Marlon Mack, and a two thousand eighteen second. Before the trade, my quarterbacks were Tyrod Taylor and Joe Flacco. So there's no doubt that he needed Andy Dalton, but I think the question is, did he pay too much with Spencer Ware, a pick that was that ultimately ended up being Marlon Mack and a future second-round pick? No. Nope. Because I know the you know that one cut that Marlon Mack had last game is sending people into hysteria <laughs> saying that he's the next LaShawn McCoy. And I liked him coming out of college, but let's, let's relax a little bit there. And personally, I like Kareem Hunt a lot, and uh, I, I don't value uh, Spencer Ware where a lot of other people do. So I think, I think that's a fair deal, and I like that side for him. Yeah, I do as well. I, I actually I think um, he won the trade. I think the value is all the way on Dalton's side. I mean, I'm not a, uh, where has value, but how much value does he have? And Marlon Mack, I'm not really big on, and the second could be anyone. So I think, especially with the quarterbacks that he had, no, I'm definitely a big fan of that trade for you, Josh. One last piece of feedback. Uh, this is from the Red King on Twitter. And uh, actually, he just he had some very nice words for us in the podcast. Um, And I asked him for a year nuts type of uh, bold prediction type of statement. And he said, I would spend 50% of of my fab on Jay Cutler. He's saying that he doesn't even need Cutler and he would spend 50%. I'd do it just for depth, he says. I usually don't spend my fab. I think think we'll probably shift to even the sexier quarterback next week, Chad Henney. Yeah, there you go. It's going to be a lot of fun. Talk about how many millions of dollars you have to spend to get him. But, I mean, he, yeah. So, just to put a bow on Cutler, I mean, I'm not willing to do it. That's just my strategy. But if you want him, it probably is going to cost at least 80%, maybe more like 90 So, yeah, next week we'll talk about Chad Henney, and we'll beat that one to death. So, that's going to do it for this week's episode. Thanks to Jake. You can find him at NFL Draft Talker on Twitter. Thanks to Addison at AmazeHaze underscore DFF. And I'm John at DFF Dynasty Dude. Also follow the podcast at SuperFlexPod. Uh, we're proud to be part of the Dynasty Football Factory at DFF underscore Dynasty. And the Dynasty Football Network at DF underscore Network. Definitely give us some follows. Um, we, we're also available on uh, Podbean. Um, And if you could rate and review on iTunes and Stitcher, that goes such a long ways for us and is such appreciated. You'll definitely be our heroes. So thanks for listening. We'll talk again next week. Did you say such appreciated? I don't know. Did did. I? Yeah, you did. (laughs) Much appreciated. 
There we go. <laughs> <laughs> Just throw that. Much appreciated. Why did he sound so angry? <laughs> Much appreciated. <laughs> Out of nowhere. You can just tell it's edited in. <laughs> if you could leave us a rate and review, that is. Much appreciated. Much appreciated. <laughs> Much appreciated. <laughs>